I woke up the next morning and I checked my emails and it's like, your flights are booked. And I was like, what the fuck? Where am I going? And then I like looked and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. Welcome back to another episode of Stacking Denny's. I'm Jordan Maccabee of FantasyRacingOnline.com. My co-host, Nick Giffen of the Action Network. Holy shit. That's the only thing I can come up with for what we just witnessed at Darlington. Chase Elliott, issues. Kyle Busch, issues. Martin Truex Jr., issues. Kevin Harvick, issues. All of these guys could have won the race. Kevin Kyle Larson had issues. Came back from three laps down to finish 12th. Ross Chastain came back from three laps down to finish 20th or whatever. Eric Jones, though, the guy in victory lane, not in the playoffs. Eric Jones wins it over Denny Hamlin. Nick, I know we talked about Eric Jones earlier or last week's episode. You had him at 80 to 1. I had him at 60 to 1. I'm pretty sure we were, if we weren't the first ones on Eric Jones last week, we were one of the first. Not only did you have that, and I didn't know, I honestly didn't notice this bet until like yesterday. Eric or uh, Christopher Bell, top five, thirteen to one. What? What in the world? What happened there? Bad line. I actually uh, tweeted it out the the Christopher Bell one. Um, if you go through my tweets, uh, you'll see that. Uh, what was the exact wording I used? Always fun. We can get a driver at longer odds to finish in the top five positions than in one position. He was thirteen to one for a top five and ten to one to win. And I know they just fat fingered a zero, but they approved the bet and took it. Reviewed it, approved it, and took it. <laughs> that is that is crazy. And you know what's funny is like we were just talking last week about you know FanDuel got take took for got taken for a lot of money mm-hmm. with that parlay. They made some changes. DraftKings Harvick one thirty to one. Yeah, yeah. The Kevin Harvick one thirty to one. DraftKings then lays out that. 13 to one top five line for Christopher Bell. Congratulations to you on getting that. Um, and then yeah, this week just, for, let me just for, jump in. Cause I can't track that, right? Like we talked about on a previous show. I can't track that 13 to one. Cause it's a bad line. Um, so I can bet it, but I can't track it. Cause we know that's going to move instantly. Oh yeah. Um, but they had another mistake today for Kansas. They, they had Bubba at 70 to one for top Toyota and they had Ty Gibbs at 130 to one for top Toyota quickly took it down got it back to where it should be i think bubba's at 10 and and ty gibbs is at 15 but DraftKings, what the hell's going on over there i mean i think just... they got their back up there or something i don't know <laughs> like i know they're focused more on football right now in dfs world but you'd think they'd want to protect themselves a bit in well, the uh plus, in the remember the, sportsbook. Uh, we got we got tricks 25 to 1 and larson 11 to 1 or 10 to 1 um yeah and you know i know you were racing to the line to beat that but like it's crazy. Just like I don't know what DraftKings was doing because then Westgate posted their post qualifying odds, and as soon as Westgate posted, DraftKings took theirs down. Yeah, and then posted them back up, like almost spot on with Westgate's, at least for Truex and Larson. Yeah, that was I couldn't believe it when they opened Truex at twenty five. Like, what in the world? And he had one of, if not the best cars that race. You know, Larson, if it, it, the way he looked in practice, getting him at eleven to one, you had to bet it. Uh, even though he did disappoint once again, and then you know he had that engine issue, but 
man, it's like DraftKings has interns running their sports book, at least for NASCAR right now, and it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. Definitely take advantage of lines when you can. I mean, we've seen it with FanDuel where Harvick was 130 to one. We've seen it with DraftKings. Part of being a sports better is taking advantage of, of lines when you can get them if they allow you mm-hmm. to. That's yeah. 100% a part of being a sports better. Um, so, yeah, just you got to do your work it, and stay on top of lines when they open. And it's exactly. And it's quick because, like, you're basically just sitting there waiting. It's not like you can get notifications that these things open. And, like, like for me, I got to, if, if I'm going to get them, I need to run over to Indiana to bet them. And a lot of times this year I haven't been able to, but. It is. It's. It's. I don't, I don't want to say it's like a full time job, but it's time consuming to sit here and watch all this shit and just hope that you get some kind of favorable line, which you know happens. I don't say. I don't want to say it happens on a regular basis, but it happens quite often. And you know, you can definitely take advantage of this and and make some money there. But uh, but yeah, you know, going back to this race, I. I'll I'll be honest with you. Like, I watched. I watched the whole race. But I was my nerves were so shot with this whole fantasy racing world championship thing going on, and everything going on with the race and the bets and everything else. Like I remember most of it, but at the same time I don't. Like I try to like block it out of my memory. I think, but all I know is a week ago I was saying Chase Elliott has zero percent chance of not making it to the round, the second round of the playoffs, and one more bad race, and he's going to be below this cut line. He's only fourteen points above the cut line right now. Nobody's locked into round two. You know, Joey Logano, William Byron, Denny Hamlin all have good good point cushions, as does Christopher Bell. But, you know, Suarez is only two points above the cut line. Kyle Busch is only eight points above the cut line. Bowman at 10. Elliott, 14. Chastain, 15. Like, this, we, we've talked about it several times this season, how close these points are this year and how this is definitely going to come into uh, account in the playoffs. But I don't think... Either of us expected that much carnage and chaos at Darlington. We, I know we saw it in the first race. We saw a big wreck in the first race. We saw Chastain wrecking in the first race going for the lead. But these were like Kevin – like nobody can predict Kevin Harvick starting on fire. Nobody can predict uh, Kyle Busch having an engine issue, Chase Elliott having his issue and, and running out of time on the then extended – or the now extended uh, clock to fix your car. Like – this was a Kyle Larson's issues, Ross Chastain's issues. Like this was a wild race. No surprise at all that in Jeff Gluck's poll, it is now the number one race of 2022. And we're right on, like we've talked about it before, how, how great this season has been and how this could go down as the best season of all time. Um, and now, you know, 2022 record for the most 90 plus percent races of, was it a good race now up to seven. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it was definitely a wild race, and it was entertaining. Uh, the, the thing that I think, you know, some people are upset about is all these problems, especially if they've bet on certain drivers or played them in DFS in certain ways. But all we can do as bettors is handicap speed and hope for the best. And unfortunately, if you're on Martin Truex Jr., if you're on Kyle Larson, or he, although Kyle Larson wasn't uh, a race-winning car by any means, but if you're on Kyle mm-hmm. Busch... Uh, you know, if you're on Denny, not Denny Hamlin so much, but if, if you're on some of these guys that were fast, like Chastain was running like fourth or something when his problems came up, um, it, it bit you, but we're still handicapping speed. And Eric Jones was still a top 10 car, the whole damn race. Yes. And you could get him at 60 or 70 or 80 to one. That's still a good bet. And, uh, yeah. Does it take a little bit of luck to get there? Sure. But it's still a damn good bet. So, 
Um, that is part of it is, yeah, it's great to like bet all these favorites and then complain about them when they all fall to the wayside, but there's still some long shot value out there in certain situations. And I mean, Eric Jones, 80 to one at his best track. And we've seen him nearly win at auto club this year. We've seen him run inside the top 10 at Pocono run inside the top 10 at Michigan, like two recent high speed tracks. Um, like we just kind of, he ran really well at the first Darlington, like 80 to one was too long. 60 to one was too long. Uh, and so it's just one of those things where, um, you know, he, he benefited from the chaos. Was he the best car out there? No. But was he like the seventh best, sixth best car out there? Maybe. Absolutely. Just just like he was the first race. And that's why yep. we bet him. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, I like, obviously, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. But if, if you weren't on Eric Jones even a little bit last week, I think you need to kind of look back at at history here, like. Eric Jones is really damn good at Darlington and, and he's had speed at not only Darlington this year, but similar tracks. Like you said, auto club, another highway track. Eric Jones had one of the best cars at auto club this year. Like all the data was right in front of us. Like this, this race wasn't, I don't think it was too hard to figure out who's going to be super fast. Now, obviously we can't, like you said, we cannot predict all these issues that teams had, but, um, but yeah, yeah, Eric Jones, Jones, Jones was the first bets I put down. Not only the outright that I couldn't track, but uh, top ten, top five. Look, same, literally the same first here. bets I made this week were him. Yeah, I, I when I went and got Chastain at fifteen, the, the very next thing I did was hit Jones top or to win top five, top ten. I love top ten. He was two to one for top ten. I love that. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Uh. One interesting or one thing to note there at the end of the race, and. I know I'm a Denny Hamlin fan now, but he do you are you concerned a little bit that he wasn't more aggressive with Eric Jones there at the end? Uh, you know, he said, I'm, I'm not going to pass him just clobbering him or running him into the fence. Eric's never, never done anything sideways to me. Those guys earned it. But at the same time, Eric Jones isn't racing for a championship. Uh, if Denny Hamlin has an engine issue next week, he can easily be knocked out of these playoffs. If this was the race before Phoenix and that, and that would have been the difference between Denny Hamlin getting in and, and not, um, it, I just feel like I've said it about Denny Hamlin uh, for a very long time, he does not have the, um, I don't want to say willpower, but he does not have the championship tenacity to get there. I don't think. And I think this was, it wasn't like a super, uh, great example, but I also think it was kind of an example. Like, I think you got to go for the win a little bit more there. What do you think? Uh, yes, I think you got to go for it more. But I also agree with him. You're not going to clobber Eric Jones. I don't think that's the way you do it regardless. Um, you know, something like we saw in the Xfinity race, I think, like with Larson and and uh, Sheldon Creed and Noah Gregson. I thought that was great racing. And they thought it was great racing, all three of them. Uh, I think that's fair game. And I think that's what Denny Hamlin could have done. But at the same time, there's no guarantee that it works out the right way. If you bump Eric Jones and he he doesn't have yeah. the car control, maybe uh, not, not that he doesn't cause he does, but I'm saying like, if it just happens the wrong way and he loses the car and gets into you and 15 cars pass you on the last lap, all of a sudden you've thrown away 15 positions. So it's tough to gauge. Uh, I mean, we saw Kyle Larson going through the lead and he finished fifth in that Xfinity race when 
you know, he easily could have won it uh, or at least finished second. He ended up fifth. Now, it could have been a whole lot worse. He could have finished 10th or something. He's, it's good that he finished fifth, but like the same thing could have happened to Denny Hamlin. So there's a balancing act there. I think it's also a product of MF and Ross Chastain, MF and Ross Chastain. And then if you do that, all of yep. a sudden you're a hypocrite, right? So yeah. there's a little bit of that as well. Yeah. Speaking of Ross Chastain, you know, we talked, we've talked about it before on the show about, I feel like Joe Gibbs racing drivers develop uh, whininess. Like they're all very whiny. And I think it comes from the top down and it just kind of spreads around even to new guys. Um, do you see what Daniel Suarez said about Christopher Bell? Uh, I don't. I saw that. You know, he said he was going to pay him back and stuff. But yeah, yeah, like what? What are you like? You turning into Chastain here now, or what? Like, what are you talking about? Like that was that was hard racing. I I did not that that wasn't malicious at any like no to to say you're going to get Christopher Bell back. What are you? Shut up! Come on, I get it. You're frustrated, but man, that's just. I just thought that was funny. Just I feel like Ross Chastain might be rubbing off on him a little bit. Too bad, but I mean, there there was no that was hard racing. It was three wide with Joey Logano, even right. Like, yeah, he and Logano didn't make contact. Swords and Logano didn't make contact. Swords and Bell did, but at some point, you know, when you're three wide at Darlington, contact kind of just happens, uh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anybody did anything dirty. It just means you're racing hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going back to the the fire with Kevin Harvick. You know, his crew chief, Rodney Childers, tweeted out a few things about it, and I think he deleted them. Like, unless these are fake tweets that I'm reading, you know, but basically said, you know, put a hole in the nose, I'll pick up every piece of rubber on the track, and then, you know, basically, I mean, we all saw Kevin Hart, or we all heard Kevin Harvick's post-race interview, how frustrated he is with these cars, and it seems like, I all I've seen on Twitter is that it's only the Fords that are having this these major problems. Um, could that be something like with their body style? Like, I don't think it's specifically to Ford, but it does seem like there's a lot of Ford issues. You know, Chris Busher at Indy, he started on fire. Like there's just a lot of issues. And, and I think it, I think it has to be related to like the body. Hey man, I, I can't hear you. Test, test. Yeah, now I can. It's now connected. It's okay. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like something disconnected or something. Ah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so going back to this Rodney Childers point, he uh, made these tweets. And yeah, they're real tweets. I saw them. But the thing that kind of bothered me about those tweets was he kind of has been like, oh, it's been like this all year. Or I've known about, you know, like anytime this happens. Well, if it's anytime this happens, that means you've known about it. Why didn't you tweet rant this 10 races ago, five races ago, three races ago? Why did you wait until your car caught fire to throw this complaining tweet storm? Uh, and I think that was the thing that bothered me here with Rodney Childers was that it was like, okay, you're annoyed about it now, but why weren't you this ragingly annoyed about it a few weeks ago? And we've seen other cars catch on fire this year. We saw Bowman once, and we've seen a couple other Fords. I think the 41 caught fire at some point. Um, and then there was the separate issue, very separate issue, with um, some stuff at Indy, like you said, with Busher. Um, that was a bit of a different issue. But there's 
multiple different issues going on here where cars are catching fire. Bob Pockers tweeted out a couple hours before we went live or maybe an hour before we went live um, that NASCAR is addressing this in some way, shape or form. There's making them replace a polymer with like a stainless steel piece. And what it's not, what it's going to do is it's not going to help prevent things catching fire, but it is at least going to reduce the amount of flammable material that can catch fire, you know, that can it can spread to keeping it away from the drivers. So NASCAR is working on it. It's not a great fix um, for now, but you know, there are definitely things we need to be concerned about with the fire, with these blown engines that JGR had, et cetera. Um, obviously Larson had some powertrain issues and, and, and Ross had some tire issues. I think it was, you know, uh, so there's been lots of different issues, but this car has produced some damn good racing and some mm-hmm. freaking excellent racing. So we can't just say, F this car. Do you want to go back to the single file days of, of a year or two ago, especially 2019 when it was just god awful? Um, we yeah. don't want to do that. The intermediate racing is better than it's ever been. And what we can do is work on the safety issues and the reliability issues. And, you know, here's the thing. Reliability issues actually help us hit these long shot bets, yeah. <laughs> right? It, it helps. I love these reliability issues. I think they're great. I think they're fantastic. Um, it, it's, it brings me back to the days of NASCAR in like the 90s or the early 2000s. And when you get these new cars, there's things teams still have to learn about. This happens every time we get a new car. And I think that's great. When we engineered the shit out of these cars to the point where you can't pass and there's no failures the races become snooze fest boring so give me the reliability issues i'm here for it i just want to make sure the drivers are safe that's number one priority and i i think that's that's kind of where i get concerned because especially after daytona there's been a lot of drivers denny hamlin said it kevin harvick said it that even the slightest wrecks in these cars they hurt and that never happened with the old car. Like, I I think that those those comments aren't getting the the uh, reach that they should because that is that's concerning to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, there's there's been a lot of issues. I mean, obviously Hamlin Hamlin took that hard hit at Talladega, and you know we've seen Kurt Busch, we've seen other drivers. Christopher Bell, I know, has made a comment. Ty Gibbs has made a comment. Drivers are having hard hits here. And so we got to just protect the drivers. That's the number one priority. And then you add in the fire issues. Definitely some safety issues um, that were brought up in the preseason testing, I feel like. We, we heard about the crash test dummy getting killed or whatever, you know? Like, uh, yeah. it's, it's not ideal right now what is going on in NASCAR it seems like we've taken a step back in safety and I don't like that. I have no problem with increased crashes because the cars are harder to handle. I have no problem with increased reliability issues, especially in like engine failures or this, that or the other. I think it makes it fun, but not when it impacts driver safety. I'm okay with increased crashes. If we have the safety measures we had in the past several years with the, the gen six car, but I cannot advocate period at all for taking a step back in safety we need to always be moving forward in safety yeah and maybe maybe they're making advancements in that and we're just not hearing about it but i think it was uh bubba wallace uh, after daytona he's 
I like they I heard his in car audio and he's like fucking NASCAR like I've never been I've never heard this bad getting hit from the rear like yeah that's did you I hear, mean did you hear Denny Hamlin's audio from that Talladega or uh, I don't think so Hamlin was just like oh fucking hurts man like something like that you know it, Jesus it was bad I mean I I it was bad I was like damn he is actually like. It sounds like he just got the wind knocked out of him, and you know he was sore. His hips, his back, his whatever were sore. But in the moment, he had the wind absolutely knocked the fuck out of him, and it it was it was really bad. Like he sounded like he was in real bad pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. And unfortunately, like if they're not doing anything about the safety now, they're not going to do anything until someone gets seriously hurt. Like that's just the unfortunate part of that, you know? Yeah. And it sucks when it's reactive instead of proactive. Um, unfortunately losing Dale in 2001, there's a whole lot of reactive stuff that came from it. But looking back, I mean, the Hans device was a thing like kind of in development around that time. Um, and they didn't mandate it. They didn't mandate certain things that they could have mandated. They waited until the sports biggest star died and then things really started happening. We can't have that again. We cannot go back to the era of drivers dying in this sport because we haven't had that since. It literally is not a thing. And we cannot go back to the days of really serious injuries and deaths. Like, even with massive and safety enhancements, the occasional concussion will happen. That's what happens when cars are going 200 miles an hour. But to have it at this heightened frequency of drivers saying they're hurting a lot more... Uh, another concussion that's not okay and that's something we need to prevent absolutely um but overall though like you said very entertaining race michael mcdowell finished sixth keselowski seventh bubble wallace with another strong run finishing ninth um and again eric jones getting the win which i think is just awesome like this we got our 17th winner a week late but we got our 17th winner and this these playoff points are are as tight as ever you know going in like i said kansas now i mean guys that we assume are pro like start of the playoffs we assume they probably weren't going to make the second round austin cedric austin dillon chase briscoe um if you want to throw kevin harvick in there you know he, he was probably like right there on the cut but um they're under the cut line right now but again all it takes is a couple guys having issues here at kansas and uh hey we're we're going to be having some fun heading into Bristol if that happens because anything can happen at Bristol, especially when David Starr's on the track. So, um, <laughs> Not but, salty at all, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but going back to uh, – or looking ahead to Kansas, you know, raced here earlier this year, uh, Kurt Busch in victory lane that day. Kurt and Kyle Busch had the fastest cars that day. Kyle Larson was up there as well. Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, all top five in green flag speed. Bubba Wallace had another good race there, uh, showed a bunch of speed. Um, I guess I was, I was actually listening to our podcast from the first Kansas race and you, we were mentioning, you know, similar tracks. You said Las Vegas is definitely the, the most similar and, and another track that you brought up as similar was Dover. Both of those races have been, it's been quite a while since we've raced or since those races, the first Kansas race was back in May. Um, I know you tweeted out earlier today using a different tire this weekend than they did the first race. Um, but, but how much are we relying on this speed from the, from the first Kansas race? Cause JGR was definitely the fastest, uh, overall, you know, the Toyotas were first, second, 
fourth, sixth, and seventh in green flag speed, plus ninth. So yeah. Toyota's definitely and 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 to to question number two on that, um, you know, with the engine issues at Darlington, are, are we do we need to be concerned about Toyotas this week having potential engine issues again? Like that's something for sure. Yeah, those are two really good questions. So uh, real quick, let me address the engine thing. They're going to be able to take those engines back and see what happened, right? So they'll figure yeah. that out, and, and prob- usually those things don't happen back-to-back. Um, as far as will JGR be fast, yes, I, I expect them to be fast. They've been fast at mile and a half pretty much all year. I mean, look at Las Vegas. They dominated Kansas. They were really fast at Charlotte. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch was really good. Bubba Wallace was really good at Charlotte. Um, but the Chevys have also been really fast at these, uh, especially, and – one thing we need to not forget what happened at Kansas one, William Byron was leading and blew a tire. Tyler Reddick yeah. was running up front, and blew a tire. Um, we had a lot of tire issues in the first Kansas race. That's why we are going to this new tire compound, uh, new right side and left side compounds to make those additional improvements to hopefully reduce the blown tire issue. Um, what that'll do is that'll bring back some of these guys like a William Byron will bring back some of these guys like a Tyler Reddick in uh, you know, potential speed that it doesn't show up in the actual, you know, if you go to green flag speed from the first Kansas race, they look much lower. But if you take my flags metric, my field level adjusted green speed, uh, FLAGS, field level adjusted green speed flags, I lop off all the race, all the laps after they've had a problem. And to make sure that I'm comparing fair tires to fair tires, I'm doing it on a lap-by-lap basis. So as everybody's tires are wearing, I'm comparing each lap to each lap and taking uh, essentially quantiles there and and then averaging all those different lap-by-lap quantiles. And Tyler Reddick and William Byron definitely jump up in green speed then after that as well. And there were some, a few others who had some issues for various things. Christopher Busher had a uh, really good, I can't believe I'm actually naturally saying <laughs> that wasn't even like trying to do it. I realized after the fact that I said full name, but that just rolled right off the tongue. Um, Christopher Busher, like, I think he got a little contact with the wall. I remember because I had, a, I think I had a bet on him for like top 10 or something. Uh, but uh, I was very paying attention to what he did at Kansas. Maybe it was a top forward or something. And he hit the wall there and um, had some other issues. But before that, he was much better in green flag speed. Um, Obviously, Daniel Suarez had an issue. You know, you mentioned the Toyotas were so good. One of the guys who was faster than it'll look was Bubba Wallace because he had to keep coming through the field after all these pit stop issues. Uh, So green flag speed is very good. It's a great metric. But we need to definitely make sure we're either track position adjusting them and or incident adjusting them. Because I think William Byron the last two Kansas races he's been leading and had problems. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things like I bet William Byron 21 at DraftKings. I haven't tracked it yet, but I got him 21 at DraftKings uh, just before we went live. And that's why I haven't tracked it. Um, so William Byron, I like it 20 to one uh, given his Kansas history. And I think he's just fast anyway at these mile and a half. I mean, we saw the at Vegas Bowman one, but like, all of the HMS cars were really good. Remember, we were on Byron stage one, and then he got passed right at the end of stage mm-hmm. one. Um, he's been really good at these mile and a half. And I think Charlotte, he wasn't as good because I really do think he was the test car. But it showed at Darlington. He was fast as it, shit at Darlington. He exactly. Was, yes, yes. This I is the time to jump on car. Byron. 
Yeah. I actually I wrote up Byron as a tournament play in my in my DraftKings article citing exactly what you said. And it was true. Like he had a great car at Darlington once again. I like I'm I'm fully convinced that that's that's um what's been going on. So when when you know Byron has the same odds right now as Bubba Wallace to win this race, which is just and Joey Logano, which is just wild to think about that you know Bubba Wallace is is this short. But um the speed makes sense. Like they have so much speed right now. Um, but Byron, yeah, Byron was the first one that jumped out at me as value. And I think he opened on DraftKings at 15 and then he's, he's back to, or up to 20, which yeah, I'm going to definitely be hitting that too. But the other guy, and you mentioned him, Alex Bowman, 35 to one. Now I really like that. Like I, that's, that's probably my biggest value bet that I like right now. And I don't like anything on the board really. I, I think the uh, the Bowman one is a pretty good bet too. I think you can get him as long as thirty five to one at different books. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I would just shop around. Obviously, it might be a it might be a Nevada book. I, I just can't remember. Did, but I said thirty five. Um, oh, did you say? That? I thought you said thirty. I'm yeah, sorry. Um, no, he's yeah, thirty five no, on DraftKings. Thirty five DraftKings. Same, yeah, okay. same as Ty Gibbs, which does not make any sense. Like this, I it, I don't know. Yeah, it's, no, I agree with you. And but um, like you said, he was. He won at Vegas, fifth in green flag speed. For throwing in Dover, he was fifth in green flag speed at Dover, and he's he's not bad here at Kansas either. Like, no, no. give me give me Bowman, and and I love like his top five and and even top ten odds. Bo or Byron's another one minus one ten for a top ten. Uh, which yeah, you can get F him, you can get him plus one ten. Or I'm sorry, Byron. Yeah, minus one ten. So like, <clears throat> Bowman's plus one ten at the Canby books. Ty Gibbs mm -hmm. is plus 130 for a top 10 at the Canby books. I really like those. And then, like you said, just now Bowman – or, sorry, Byron. Too many Bs. Uh, Bowman, Byron, <laughs> Bell, Bubba, Blaney. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Byron is minus 110 at DraftKings, which is the best you can find right now. Um, funny that it's not Canby books because he's minus 139 there. But, uh, yeah, I'm with yeah, you. I think – I think. I really like the Ty Gibbs top 10 bet because we know the Toyotas were fast as shit in Kansas one and Charlotte, Las Vegas, et cetera. And they've been really fast recently. Pocono where this right side tire was, uh, you know, who finished one and two before the DQs Hamlin and uh, Kyle Busch and Hamlin in whatever order it was Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Uh, and then Martin Truex Jr. was right up there towards the end. They they all like, Toyotas were good. Like Bubble Wallace was on an alt strategy, but there were times we thought Bubble Wallace might be on the winning strategy. And before he deviated his strategy, he was right up there in the top three or five all day. So Toyota was looking really good. That makes me like Ty Gibbs top ten plus one thirty at Bet Rivers a lot, or whatever can be book you get get it at. I know there's a bunch of different bar stool Bet Rivers, etc. So I, I really like that. Um, and while we're talking top tens, you know who's had a lot of top tens this year at the mile and a half? Michael McDowell. Close to them? No. Damn it. I mean, maybe, but but not not who I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking Ricky of Ricky Stenhouse, Stenhouse Jr. Jr. Yep. Six to one. Yep. Six to one at DraftKings. I took that for a top ten. Uh, he finished seventh at Charlotte, eighth at Kansas, 10th at Auto Club, which I know isn't uh, what we'd consider a, a great comp, but it's still a high-speed intermediate. Um, you know, and Michigan obviously didn't go well for them, but I think there are some differences between Michigan uh, in, in these mile-and-a-halves, especially in the horsepower department. 
So I think six to one Ricky Stenhouse Jr. top ten is very good. Um, Stenhouse but, yeah, is also sixth in green flag speed at Dover and finished yeah. second. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know Charlotte uh, Michael McDowell finished eighth, like you mentioned him, but uh, that's really it as far as like the relevant tracks that I'm seeing with McDowell. Um, I mean, if you yeah. count Darlingtons and stuff, but I mean, also Drop shout out to Michael McDowell because that dude is just kicking ass this year, for, just in being consistent and finishing. It is, but DraftKings is being generous with top tens this week. Like, what's yes. going on? I I don't know, man. It must be their. I think they've got some backup or scrub or intern odds maker because <laughs> it's been wild, uh, and that's okay. And I. Uh... I think we talked about this last week. I think I'm done betting top tens <laughs> because my my biggest bet last year was Ryan Blaney at Martinsville. He finished 11th, and then I had I had 600 bucks on on Harvick top ten at Darlington, and he fucking starts on fire. <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think I'm done. Like I'm just gonna start betting outrights and go with that. Or if I'm gonna bet top tens, it'll be minimal amounts. But man, like what? <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's been your bugaboo for sure. But I mean, it, the good news is I think you did end up getting it in good because Harvick was moving forward all day, and I think he you know cracked the top ten in stage two or something like that, and uh, you know was running if not yeah. inside the top ten, near the top ten the whole time. By the time he got up towards the front, you know, some, sometimes you go a little forward, sometimes you go a little backward. But uh, so, yeah, I think you got your money in good there. And it just obviously didn't work out. But uh, uh, I got, I mean, I made the 600 bucks up with Jones winning because I had 10 bucks on him at 60. So exactly. that worked out. But um, that's actually, this is actually a time, like usually I shit on the state of Ohio for for taking so long to get sports betting going. Actually, thank you because Harvick opened up at plus 150 for a top 10 after qualifying. And if I could have gotten that, I would have dumped. I would have absolutely dumped my bank account on that. So, um, ultimate <laughs> Jordan jinx right there, I guess. <laughs> I made I made my biggest bet of the year this year too, and that was on Larson's outright, and then you know four unit bet there to I think it was to win forty four units, um, and then I had two units on Truex at twenty five to one, so to win fifty units and. That Truex one, man, I would have won a whole lot more if Truex had won and Jones had just finished inside the top five like he did because I had that Jones top five, that Jones top ten. But I would have won even more with Truex winning than Jones winning. Hmm. It's it's more fun, though, to talk about an 80 to one winner, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, speaking of Truex, man, I thought he was going to cry. In his interview, that is, oh yeah. If you want, if you ever want to see the most frustrated man in the world, I think you just need to go back to that Martin Truex Jr. interview after after his engine blew at, at Darlington, because which is crazy because he's usually the most level-headed, stone, you know, neutral emotion type guy. Even when he's whine, air quote whining, it's still just in his dry, <clears throat> whatever, emotionless manner. But I, that dude, like his voice cracked. Um, he looked like he was about yeah. to cry. I I couldn't believe I was actually seeing it. It was that is a that is a very frustrated man right now. But that also uh, shows he still has the passion for this and that's why he's not retiring. That's true. That's yeah, I'll give you that. That's a good point. If he was checked out, he wouldn't be that emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, uh, I haven't heard. Like, have they signed? Have they sidelined Kurt Busch? You know, speaking of Ty Gibbs, is is Kurt Busch officially out this week? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming I've, so, but I was gonna, so I'm assuming that he's done for the year and he's going to retire. But yeah, there's no word, no definitive word or anything. I think if Kurt Busch <laughs> does come back, you know, it would make most sense at Bristol and or Martinsville, whichever one of those, uh, because we got a lot of high speed tracks otherwise. Um, so maybe he comes back. If he does, maybe it's for Martinsville and Phoenix. You know, to short flats to close off the year something mm-hmm. like that but yeah yeah i doubt he comes I'm, back this week the uh okay so so how much are we taking pocono into account here since they're using the same right side tire i wouldn't say a ton i mean it does have horsepower and, and obviously kansas is an intermediate but as far as driving style it's not really comparable um I don't know. I, I think it's one of those like tiebreaker scenarios. Like you can you can throw it in if you got two drivers kind of equal or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I not using see... Pocono as primary analysis. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. Uh, I can't see where what tire they're saying they're using different tire codes from May, but it doesn't say which one is on the left. Oh, I I pulled up the tire codes earlier um, in my Action Network slack chat or whatever uh is it the same from the left on the no left? it's it's different lefts as well completely new left tire that hasn't been run anywhere i think so okay um we've got the right from pocono and a brand new left and it's basically okay. updates updates to compounds from earlier this year so they're going to be similar but i think there's going to be certain things done i'm not a tire guy or anything i don't know what they're doing but sounds like they're making some updates to make sure you know these tires aren't blowing as much or, or going flat as much i should say Right. Uh, There is a note there that they'll be using the same tires at both Texas and Vegas later in the playoffs. So Exactly. So the three mile and a half in in the playoffs will be all on this tire combination. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go back to the first Kansas race this year. Like I said, um, winner was Kurt Busch. Kyle Larson second. Kyle Busch third. Denny Hamlin. Christopher Bell. you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Christopher Bell as a sleeper to make it to Phoenix, and hey, after that solid no issue run at um, Darlington, he's now sitting solely by himself, second in top tens this year. He's fourth in the points, twenty eight point cushion. Christopher Bell's running well, and I don't think enough people are talking about this right now because, like, he's he's one of the hottest drivers in the series right now. He's just not winning. You know, he won New Hampshire, but he's he's not, like, really contending. He's not leading much. He's not really contending, but he's clicking off good finish after good finish. And, obviously, Joe Gibbs Racing has speed. Absolutely. And and that's what you want from a championship contender. You want guys who can run up front and pop off at least the occasional win. Obviously, it helps if, if you can be a Kyle Larson and win a gazillion times, But uh, you know, like last year. But Christopher Bell is running really well. The thing you mentioned, and I was talking with Greg Mathern about this, he just hasn't been leading. Um, mm-hmm. He's been running up front, but he hasn't been leading. That's why he only has the one win. But look, look at these similar tracks at Las Vegas. Let's just look at the mile and a half. Las Vegas, previous Kansas, and Charlotte. Christopher Bell, you know how many laps he's led at those three tracks? I got it right in front of me. It looks like 69. Yeah, nice. Uh, but <laughs> all of those came from being the pole sitter. Once he lost the lead, he never got it back. Yep. So... 
then if you want to maybe throw in Michigan, he did take the lead there at one point. But the idea is Christopher Bell, laps led, other than removing pole sitting laps, he's only led like 2.8% of laps at these intermediate tracks, these relevant intermediate tracks, uh, other than starting on the pole. So obviously if he starts on the pole, that's great. But if he loses the lead, he hasn't been able to get it back. Uh, and, and that's a little concerning. Now, obviously there's been some issues there, like Las Vegas, he spun, I mean, he lost the lead and then eventually spun and went a lap down, et cetera. But at at Kansas, I think he had a tire problem as well. I don't think it was a spin, but I think he had some kind of problem there. And and I don't remember exactly what the Kansas issue was, but he worked his way back up to fifth. Um, but he certainly wasn't the best car by the end of it. Obviously, you know, Kyle Busch, Kyle or Kurt Busch. Even Larson was really good at that point in the race. Um, those guys were all better. And I even think Bubba was better than Christopher Bell. Bubba just had his own issues. But uh, so, like, he just hasn't, like, taken the lead. He, it, it, and that's why I can't bet him to win right now. So he's, I think the yeah. best out there is, like, 12 to 1. Four, it was 14 to 1 earlier. Uh, I think he's been bet down to, to 12 to 1 since. But I'm not on that. I'm not on Christopher Bell to win because he hasn't shown the instinct of the speed of being able to grab the lead. And Mm -hmm. yes, you can be somebody like an Eric Jones who runs fifth or ninth or seventh or fourth and win, but that's why he was 60 or 70 or 80 to one. Now I'm not saying Christopher Bell should be 60, 70 or 80 to one, but he probably should be more like 18 to 25 to one. I was going to say, if, if they're pricing, if they're pricing Byron at 20 and Bowman at 35, like Bell should be in between those two. Yeah, like, he should be right in that range. Like Draft, DraftKings has Bell at 10. Yeah. Which yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet that, it, like, ever. Right. Yeah. When Greg, like, that's, me, there was a 14 out there, but even then I wasn't going to take that. Um, cause that's the implied odds at 14 to 1 are 6.7%. And the dude's only led like 2.8% of laps where he wasn't you know, already leading from the start of the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 10 to one is something I'd bet on a road course for bell. He hasn't if, shown if it. JGR was not as slow as they were this year on those, but yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or like, you know, like a Richmond or something like that. That's Hampshire, where I'm. Yeah. 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 That's just, like I said, I, I guess all books are like that with bell, but DraftKings lines this week are weird. And they even opened weird. Like, yep. Larson was the they had him I think they had Larson at four to one when they opened and then or six to one and then they like shifted all the JGR cars up there (laughs) it's yeah yeah I wasn't able to really catch openers today on DraftKings um I got a message in Slack because obviously I've been working on NFL stuff it's week one uh and I have a whole bunch of NFL shows coming up this week but uh I missed openers on DraftKings today just flat out missed them uh, because of work, but and that's okay. That's fine. It just, uh, it sucks because um, maybe I, you, you know, you said the openers were weird. Maybe I missed some value somewhere, but I don't think so. Cause like I tweeted out yesterday, I think it was like, I didn't really see a ton of outright value. I took Byron 18 to one at Westgate just to have something, but I'm glad I, you know, 20 at DraftKings there as well. So now I have combined between the 18 and the 20 to one, I have a full unit on Byron. Yeah. I, I honestly, like right now, going into this weekend, well, one, I'm going to be gone all weekend, so I'm not even going to mess with the race. Like, I probably won't put an article out, and I'm probably not even going to play DFS. And I, like, I'll probably do bet have, Byron. Do you have a Fantasy Racing World Championship this week, or is it? Uh... It's next week at Bristol. Gotcha. Bristol. Oh, Br- God. Bristol, Bristol fucking owes me. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. I'm I'm traditionally really good at Bristol, so uh, you know if you if you need extra uh, stuff to read, my Fantasy Labs article uh, will probably be very detailed that week or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need all the help I can get there because uh, Bristol has just been very unkind to me. It, it owes me. It owes me. It's not that I ha- I've been I've had like I've done bad like like. I, I'll admit, like Phoenix, I'm fucking awful at Phoenix. I am so, I'm ridiculously bad at Phoenix, which doesn't make any sense because I'm really good at flat tracks. But Phoenix, I can't get it. But like Bristol, there have been so many times where I have a great lineup and it just goes to shit in the last hundred laps. Like it's happened, I swear, like three of the last five slates where I just just get killed. Like, and obviously, if anybody's been following me since last year, you know how the king of the speedway or whatever it was called last year went like, yeah, but, Oh, but yeah, Br- Bristol owes me. So if I can get a little good luck next weekend, um, and advance to the, to the live final for the world championship, that'd be pretty cool. That would be, um, cause apparently you, you booked a trip to Vegas, uh, drunk uh on Sunday night or something <laughs> and uh i guess we'll have to try to hang out <laughs> yeah, yeah celebrate so, your I, your final shipness right so i think i think what like i got pretty i got pretty messed up on saturday night like my nerves were shot because of the whole thing like i obsessed over that lineup for hours as, as you know um and just the whole race i was just on edge and when when larson had his issues i just started drinking more and Next thing I know, like I woke up the next morning. This has happened before, by the way. Um, I woke up the next morning and I checked my emails and it's like, your flights are booked. And I was like, what the fuck? Where am I going? And then I like looked and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. And I was like, I, I like tracked my mind. I'm like, I guarantee you, I, I like matched up the dates and I was like, I'm either going to advance to the live final after that Saturday night and then I'll go to Vegas on Monday or I'll be out and I'll have a little bit extra cash to go out to Vegas and have some fun. Like exactly that, that had to be where my mind was at, but no earlier this year, I got one of my friends had like a, like a party for all of us that are too old to be out day drinking. But, um, but still, I, yeah, I was in, I was in the middle of my tequila phase then. And between me and three other people, we, we were on our third, fifth of tequila and I was making fun of my, my friends for having, um, like, you know how people with smokers like that smoke meat, like that really get into it. Like they're complete douchebags. Mm. Like I'm I was from the southeast. Fun- Trust me, I know. Man, I was making fun of them, and next thing I know, I woke up the next morning and it was it was from Walmart, and it's like your your pickup order is ready, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, did I order some food or something? No, I bought a smoker. a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this, but I. I, I uh, I could see where that was going. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wake up and I'm like, well, that's awesome. How the fuck am I going to get like, I, I have a, I don't have a very big car. I'm like, this is, this is going to be interesting. And why did my drunk ass decide to set pickup at, at 9am the next day? <laughs> like, what? So I, I, I think, uh, I think my new rule in life is when I'm, and when I'm like, 70% of the way there getting fucked up. I, I need to give someone my phone and not let me purchase anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> next thing well, you know, I'm going to be was, like, it was great because you know, the next day you tweeted, you were hung over and I tweeted, I'm not <laughs> hung over. I just thought that was funny. Cause I actually won more than when I was 
obliterated hungover after the Kevin Harvick win. Um, but because it's NFL week one, I had to behave responsibly. And, you know, uh, even though Monday was Labor Day, I still worked on Monday uh, a little bit, you know, for like about half the day I worked. And um, then today I worked my butt off. Uh, but uh, it's NFL week one. So I, I had to behave and, and not get too crazy after the Eric Jones win, the Christopher Bell top five, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, had my biggest win of the year, which was nice. So um, I'm, I'm also sending you this uh, thing in the chat here just because I think it's fucking hilarious. Uh, and I think you're going to get a kick out of it. <laughs> but uh, it is a tweet by our favorite driver, everybody's favorite driver. Jesse Uwiji. I can't see it. Oh, here we go. What does it say? So, did you get it? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. Noah Gregson's doing some interview or something from his, like, house. And uh, he's wearing a Jesse Uwiji racing t-shirt. And Uwiji, like, screenshots it and quote tweets it or, you know, tweets it, like, love the shirt, Noah Gregson. That's hilarious. Um, huh. But that's that's... It's funny because, and this is a total sidebar, um, but Jesse Wuji is not a very good driver. Obviously, he's a, you know, a, a, a military, uh, I think it's naval person. Uh, I can't remember if it's which branch of the military it is. But the team isn't as bad as it sounds because when they put Kyle Weatherman in that car, he can do some things in that car. So that's cool to see. And they've talked about expanding to a second car next year, hopefully so they can have Weatherman full-time in one car. And at least Ouija and others may be in that second car or something. But uh, I just thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. But uh, <laughs> no, um, Bristol is Bristol is a crazy one. But Kansas, right? Isn't that where we're going this week? Yeah. And I'm so checked out on it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, looking at the rest of the betting board, obviously, I don't think I don't think this is a track where we're going to get a big long shot getting the win. Um, like I can't like they got Jones at fifty, Cindric at fifty. Yeah, I mean I don't I, even know. I could see like a Cindric at fifty if you if Penske was running better at these tracks, but they're not. You know, right? What about uh, we talked about him before for a top ten Stenhouse two fifty? You know, is that is that worth a little sprinkle? I don't hate it. I don't. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't think. It's going to happen because, you know, uh, he wasn't in contention really at Kansas or at Charlotte. Like, he wasn't like – he finished seventh and eighth at these tracks, but there was a lot of attrition at both. And he probably was – instead of Eric Jones being like an eighth-place car, Stenhouse is more, maybe more like a 14th or 15th-place car and finished eighth or seventh at these tracks. Um, so I'm not – maybe – Maybe it's still too long. You know, if you're a 14th or 15th place car, maybe 251 is still too long. I don't know. But uh, I definitely need to run some numbers. But I'm sure I will show value on them at 250 to 1. Uh, that's pretty crazy by DraftKings. But I mm-hmm. think I'd rather just take the top 10 route. You know, if he's if he's going to win, I'm still going to win money on his top 10 bet. That's 6 to yeah. 1. Yeah. I, I definitely I, – I really like the top 10, 6 to 1. And I honestly don't mind uh, top 5 there at 30 to 1 either. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that as well. I like thirty to one top five. Um, but then you're like, well, if you top, you know, I, I kind of I'm contradicting myself in a way with what I said with Jones, where like if you're a sixth or eighth place, ninth place car somewhere in there with Jones, then 
80 to one or 61 is great. And now I'm like talking myself out of it with Stenhouse, but that's true. If you're like a 14th or 15th place car, 251 is good value. It is. And, and I know my model is going to show good value. So maybe I'll throw 10 bucks on it or something. Uh, yeah. That's, that's one of those you throw five, 10 bucks on it and yeah. just, it's, it's not going to hit, but if it does, exactly. It'd be cool. I guess maybe there could be a little shakeup with, you know, the different tires, but I will say, I mean, and again, not using Pocono as a point of reference, but he wasn't very good at Pocono. Um, he was also really slow at Michigan, but I think both of those were more of a horsepower thing. Um, yeah, you still need horsepower at these mile and a halfs, but I think, uh, you know, I think these, these mile and a halfs are a little, um, not as needy on horsepower as a Michigan or a Pocono. And I mean, it's worth noting we haven't had a mile and a half traditional mile and a half since the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. Which was the end of May. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a while since we've raced on this type of track. Exactly. Which is why I think you need to look at some recent trends as well. Uh, the trains, as Larry Mack would say, and trains it JGR Toyota, they've made a whole lot of gains, but I also think the new recent trend is William Byron being good again, because he was the test car. I'm just keep coming back to this. I keep yes. coming back to this. And he's going to look bad in models if he was the test car because he's been slower. He's had poor finishes all year because they've been tr- probably trying things. Uh, and that's data still that goes into a model. So it's going to be yeah. artificially poor data. Whereas if I maybe just use the first eight races of the year for him, he'll look a lot better. And if I do that, 20 to 1 is screaming value on William Byron. So it, it's... You know, it's one of those things where I think there are some recent trend developments as well that we need to pay attention to, which is probably why I don't love Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 250 to 1 as well. Uh, and, you know, I think 6 to 1, while it's value, I think it would have been a whole lot more value midseason than it is right now. Yeah, the like the the Byron thing, it's, it's one of those things where you just have a note and you're like, hey, this is why these are, this is showing the down on Byron and then explain it. Like, yeah, it's all you can do. One, one thing not- I will say is, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and one thing I will say is, you know, there are certain situations we need to pay attention to as well. And I know I, I talked to you about this, but um, Stevie TPFL, um, Stevie Young, Roto Grinders, those of you who don't know him, um, A, you should be following him. He's genius. Uh, but B, he also gets, you know, because he's a, NASCAR media member, he goes to some of these races, he he has some contacts inside of these teams. He's pointing out that like, you know, RFK Racing, for example, is gonna be doing a lot of experimenting, which maybe makes me like them a little less. Or maybe a lot more in certain situations if we see their practice times and they're just fucking flying, right? Like they're trying shit now. Um it, to kind of go on this recent trend stuff. They're they're gonna be trying things. And so we need to be cognizant of everybody's situation here, as well as their recent developments in speed. That's why I like Byron a whole lot more than his data shows. And maybe why I like somebody like a Chris Busher who might be, I liked him a lot for Darlington prior to Stevie telling me that they're trying shit. And then I was like, okay, I don't like him as much anymore. So I actually wrote him up my article the night before. And then the day of Stevie was like, yeah, they're trying shit. And I'm like, no, I, I wish I'd known that night before when I was writing my article, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's actually what got me off of Busher and DFS. And was... I, you were talking about you had a 2v2, and I know that other 2v2 line you were going to go to was uh, a Busher, you know, kind of thing. Or, or this other, these other two lines you were considering, essentially, had Busher in them. And I know at least the one, the main one you would have considered 
would have also had Harvick in it, and that one didn't advance. Yeah. I'm glad I, like, yeah. Because when we were talking, you know, my main, it was Logano that was my main sticking point. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very glad that I, you and I talked that through and I landed on the, the lineup that I did. You got that, As yeah, did five other people. I feel like that me. was a, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought your lineup was a really good combination of upside and safety. Even with Logano, like he wasn't going to be horrible. Um, mm. You know, he he probably was going to grab some laps led, and he he wasn't going to be horrible. Now that's exactly what happened with him. He grabbed some laps led, and he wasn't horrible. And so, barring a problem, he was going to get you enough floor there that everybody else in your lineup had big floor. Um, and even with the Larson problem, um, he was so highly, problem. he was, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying even with the Larson problem early in the race, he was so high owned that it didn't kill you. Like you were still hanging out in the top 40. I was watching you all day. You're still hanging out in the top 40 for the vast majority of the race, even after the Larson problem. Um, and that meant in combination with him being able to come back on the lead lap and, uh, you know, Truex having his problem, at least Truex led enough laps and, and did enough stuff to accumulate some floor for you there. And then everybody else had a great day. Plus, you know, certainly helped that Harvick had that issue. Yeah. Cause he was 68% owned in that, which I, that's yeah, so that's much higher than I thought it'd be, man. That's uh, that's another thing I'm I'm thankful for is because I was I put so much money on him top ten, that's why I didn't go with him in my lineup for that. So it was also just, a natural hedge. It, it wasn't like he was a bad DFS play. Just in that particular contest, he was so likely to be overowned that mm-hmm. it made sense to go under on him. And then with only one lineup, under means completely fade him. In your case, uh, yeah. So it was a perfect natural hedge. It was a plus EV play to bet him, but it was also a plus EV play to fade him in DFS because of ownership percentage. If he was 10% owned in DFS, I would have been like, damn, you got to play him. Uh, I don't care if you're on him for top 10 as well, but you know, we, we could kind of, and this is even what we preach with like Talladega and stuff or, or Daytona, we can pr- predict ownership percentages a lot better than we can predict the outcome of the race. So Jordan made a good decision here to be under on Harvick when he was 68% played. Uh, and, also made a good decision to bet him to finish in the top 10. They're independently made decisions because they're different markets. They're different structures. Uh, and and so it's okay to be on Harvick in a bet and off of him in DFS or vice versa. Um, these are perfectly normal, natural situations. And I know this was something that, um, you know, was several years ago before, before I kind of had my like mini hiatus there with um, NASCAR content. Uh, I, would get questions like, Oh, I thought you were on this guy or off this guy or whatever. And then, but you bet him or you, you didn't play him. And it's like, well, it all depends on the situation. So mm-hmm. when I'm writing up these articles, I'm writing up cash game plays and I'm writing up plays for the big fucking tournament, but the, the cash, game, the tournament play for the big fucking tournament may not be a good tournament play in the $1,000 15 person tournament because they're all sharp players who have a thousand dollars on the line you know so it all is very situational and people would accuse me of like oh you're misleading I'm like no no i'm just playing the game theory of each individual structure each individual contest etc 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 looking back at even the big gpp last week 
Harvick was almost as much as high owned as Daniel Suarez. Like, yeah. I'm just shocked, absolutely shocked at at how high Harvick got up there, and, and honestly, and even Eric Jones, I didn't expect Eric Jones to to break through twenty percent. He was at twenty seven. I mean, good on him, but that's a significantly higher than I thought he'd be. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, Daniel, and especially when Daniel Suarez, you know, got that competition caution benefit, um, we knew he was going to be like. Uh, I mean, it, it, obviously the caution happened before that. There was a different one, the rain one. But even with the competition caution, we knew the guy was pretty much going to be fine. It was it was extra nice to have. There was a you know a small chance the race stayed green for a while at the beginning of the race uh, without the competition caution. If one didn't exist, that he could have other people could have gotten lapped in front of him and maybe he could have gotten lapped twice. But Suarez was a no, like an easy play in that format. And then especially once they announced the competition caution, you kind of just had to play him. Yeah. And I was the, the percentage I said before was the big GPP, but um, that like Suarez being 40, 44% in the big GPP starting dead last just tells me that people are still, over worried way too much about this pass through speeding penalty. Like we saw both Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain make up three laps in that race. We've seen people have this pass through penalty at Bristol and it not affect them. Like stop overreacting to this pass through penalty. Like actually keep overreacting, keep overreacting to this pass through penalty <laughs> because, we'll because, off that. Yeah. because I'm going to, yes, like it, it's, it it's just mind blowing. Like, there's no reason that Suarez should have been under fifty five, sixty percent in that. With, with the way that that the builds and everything ended up, like being able to get uh, Cole Custer, who had a great race by the way, um, yeah. down there at fifty five hundred. Like, there's no reason that you should you shouldn't have had Suarez in your lineups unless you were, um, you know, specifically trying to fade him. But exactly. No, I 100% agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was uh, – <laughs> while we're on DFS, what about that big contest for this week? Because I know you tweeted about it. Um, NFL week one, huh? Man, and the most frustrating thing is they cut the contest for Darlington by a good chunk, and those fuckers filled up early. They were filled – I didn't even get into some of the high dollar contests that I wanted to get into that they were filled for like four or five hours before lock. And now you're, I, like I get the tweets every single time I tweet this out. Oh, it's because of NFL season. I, I fucking understand why they do it. It's just dumb to me because they fill they, these, these things are going to fill, especially the high dollar. They're going to fill early and I don't like it because it limits what I can win, you know? And it's it's just it's frustrating to me because the I feel like NASCAR just gets shit on yeah because people will still play it just even though even though it's week one NFL people will still play this I guarantee you this contest will fill and it'll probably fill pretty quickly pretty early yeah there I'm I haven't or they won't release like the high dollar contest till tomorrow but I have a feeling they're going to be just absolute garbage yeah. Like I said, I I don't really plan on playing DFS this week, so yeah. I guess I, I can't really complain then. Yeah, I mean, week one NFL is certainly a priority for the betting industry, the DFS industry. 
uh, and that, you know, by extension means me because I work in that industry, but you know, my NASCAR is my thing. Like that's, that's what I do. I bet NASCAR and I bet IndyCar, uh, and, and yes, I bet NFL and, and, and stuff like that too. But NASCAR is my number one. Like it's my number one as far as betting. IndyCar is my number one as far as passion. Um, don't get me wrong. Like NASCAR is a very close second, but uh, by the way, man, my IndyCar bets almost, <laughs> almost stole another one with Kyle Kirkwood. Caesars, for some reason, decided to price him as a shitbox when uh, he was the arguably the fastest car in his group. Didn't work out, but I did bet Callum Eilat in, as a cover bet in that group. So I think I lost $35 total on IndyCar, um, which is great to have an $8,000 sweat, you know, if, if Kyle Kirkwood had won the group to only lose $35 and have a, a nice sweat for like eight grand upside or something, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact amount, but um, yeah, that was not too bad there. Yeah, I bet that as well. And I, I remember I messaged you as, like near the end of the race. I'm like, how's Kirkwood doing? And you're like, he's second in the group. I'm like, of, of course, we're getting PJ'd right now. Yep. Well, I got yeah. double PJ'd. I finished second in the race and I finished second in the group because <laughs> uh, I had power to win the race as well at uh, nine to one or whatever it was at when he opened at one of the, I can't remember if it was DraftKings or Caesars or whatever, but uh, got double PJ'd. Hmm. Uh, speaking of going back to football a little bit, I, I like to bet on football. I can't say I'm very good at it, but I've, ne- I've never actually like fully tracked my football record. I really like uh, I like the first touchdown bets though. Yep. But um, I'm actually going to be doing a show on not first touchdown bets, but anytime touchdown bets. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But uh, just looking at the lines for Week One, there are so many home dogs. It I I love betting home dogs Week One. Always do. And I actually, like, I know I I said I hate parlays, and I usually don't bet them, but I actually have a parlay that I like. And that in, that's the Rams money line, the Vikings money line, and the Cardinals money line. They're all home dogs. Plus 1160 on that parlay. Just, just throwing it out there. I'm going to be betting it. Because I think um, all th- I think all three have a very good chance to win. Just a million dollar parlay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, throw, in, actually, throw in throw in throw Byr- in Byron twenty to one on there and get it to exactly. whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so, so Action Network and we don't want to sidetrack too far on football, but Action Network does have a lot of good football tools as well. Obviously, I mean that's the biggest sport there, so we have a crap ton of amazing football tools. But Rams. Spread or Rams money line are showing some some hits for us, at, uh, which is one of those. And I have a really good bet that I like for the Rams game, but it's not a money line or a spread or a total. But it factors into why I like this player prop. Um, I can't give it right now because I'm going to be giving it on my show. But I will say, stay tuned to this space. You know, my Twitter or um, you know, check out my show on Action Network that I will be doing. Uh, because my shows, I should say, because there, I think there's a, you know, there's never a guarantee. There's never a lock, but I, it's my favorite bet I've found so far for week one. And it's in the first game of the year, uh, which is of course that, that Rams bills game on Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. So, you know, little NFL sidetrack there. Yeah. And by the way, if you throw Bowman in there with that parlay, it gets it up to 452 to one. So. 
if, you, if that hits, if that hits, thank thank me later. But um, one last thing on football, DraftKings is. Do you see that they're offering? Uh, if you play some money line bet up to two hundred fifty bucks, and your team that you bet on is at any point lead. This is for the opening game on Thursday night, Bills Rams. Um, if they're if their team's leading at any point by seven points, they'll grade the the bet a win, whether it's a win or loss. I, I think that's, that's I think that's pretty cool because I do I like Rams money line, but it'd be cool to have that little extra. You know, if they go up by seven, automatic win. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so instead of uh, Bowman, what if you do Byron on that parlay? <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's like two fifty then. There yeah, you go. Bowman, like Bowman, it's four fifty, and then uh, Byron it gets it to. This is on DraftKings. Um, two sixty three. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that. I might. I might do that with the Byron win. Try, you know, ten bucks to win a couple grand. Why not? I mean, let's just do let's do four thousand on it, and it pays out a million fifty eight thousand. So you know, <laughs> only. Uh, only my uh, uh, Eric Jones winnings or whatever. <laughs> Casually throw out a freaking four thousand dollar parlay like that. <laughs> mm. Watch it. I was gonna say that'd be some great publicity for stacking daddies again. Like <laughs> these assholes have another million dollar parlay. <laughs> I know our. I think our last episode did a, a little better numbers. I know you're the one who keeps track of all that, but I know early in the week we had a little bump in numbers because of the. The publicity or whatever from the million dollar hit and yeah, it was a million dollar winner. By far our uh, most listened to episode and best week. So nice, nice. Well, very cool. That means hopefully people listen to us talk about how good Eric Jones is at Darlington. That's true. Very true. But Kansas, I mean, I don't, I don't have much whole lot much more. I mean, you're using the mile and a halfs. You're using Michigan, uh, maybe, especially probably, I would say, because of recent stuff. I think Michigan mm-hmm. will help. So I think I'm just using those four and maybe a little bit like, you know, like Dover, like I said earlier in the year. Um, it was more that when I was analyzing Dover, or, or when I was analyzing the first Kansas race, so yeah, Dover correlated pretty well, which I thought was weird, but I think it may have had to do with um, some tire stuff as well. I can't remember. But but the just point is... speeds, though, like... All the same, like pretty much all the yeah. same names are up there. Like exactly. So I think you can pull in a little Dover. I, I wouldn't be weighing it as much, but I think you pull in a little Dover. I think mostly you got to go with those mile and a halfs, um, and then Michigan, and maybe pull in a little Dover. And that's kind of where I'm at with. I guess you could pull in a little Pocono too because of the right side tire. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean we got we got Vegas, Kansas. You can throw in Charlotte, um, and then yeah, if you're bringing in Michigan, Dover. And if you want to bring in Pocono a little bit, I mean, you got six really good data points there to to get you on people this weekend. Um, Certainly, and and I think you know um, we talked about you know you got that Bubba Wallace seventy to one. I I, I I cannot get off of Byron and how much I like him and and Bowman nine to one and sixteen to one top Chevy. Um, I think are nice too because if the if the Toyotas are dominant as they've yeah. been recently. I think there's value in that top shot. I don't think Chase Elliott is is the guy here at Kansas. Like, 
maybe Larson because he was great in the first Kansas race. And Ross Chastain's been really good at the mile and a half this year. I think he has the top. I think uh, Ryan from my fantasy race too. He has the best total speed ranking among the regular 1.5s this year uh, among all drivers. Uh, average total speed ranking. So Chastain five to one, Byron nine to one, and Bowman sixteen to one. Top Chevy are all very interesting to me. I need to run numbers. Numbers. I haven't run. I literally haven't run a NASCAR model yet this week because of NFL. But uh, I do think those are all interesting to me. And I know I will show value on Byron outright. So I'm assuming I'll show value on him. Um, you know, top Chevy. And so I think Bowman, Byron, and Chastain could be interesting top Chevy plays. But of course, Reddick was really good at that first Kansas race as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our, uh, the, the million dollar winner from Daytona, he actually DM'd me earlier today. Uh, he let me know that uh, Byron was top 10 on, or minus 110 for top 10 on DK. So thanks to him for that. But, uh, he also questioned, uh, any thoughts on top forward kind of think we could get a long shot there. And, you know, they have, uh, you know, Blaney yes. 225, Harvick 225, Logano 350 everything else is you know Briscoe and Cindric at 10 Keselowski at 20 everything else is 50 or longer yeah I I think there's potential it just depends on what works out with um RFK because I really liked Busher in that first Kansas race I don't remember what it was I'm sure there was some things in there but I thought Chris Busher was just going to destroy in Kansas. And he was running really well. He had to come through the field, I think. Um, but he was running really well and then had that contact. But uh, I think there's potential at Busher 50 to 1 if some of the things they experiment end up working out. Um, it's tough to say, but I don't think he's going to like, unless he puts it close to the pole or something, you know, I don't think he's going to get too short in top four to odds. So, um, yeah, I kind of like Chris Busher at 50 to 1, but I think we can wait on that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I kind of see practice and how it how it shakes out. I didn't uh, I didn't really look at Caesars. I did earlier for Toyota when DraftKings had those wild lines for Bubba and and Ty. But uh, uh, the top Ford in the first Kansas race was Austin Sindrick, who finished eleventh. Wow, Blaney finished twelfth. Keselowski finished fourteenth. Harvick finished fifteenth. Logano finished seventeenth. So Ford was not so good. Um, Austin Sindrick is 10 to 1 for top Ford. Keselowski is 20 to 1. I'm, I'm just looking at DraftKings. So some interesting stuff there. And, and Michael McDowell finished on the lead lap in 23rd. Um, I, don't, I'm, I don't know if I want to go to McDowell, but I do think with Busher, before his problems, I think he was really good. And if he can just... If RFK, they find something experimenting or something like that, I just really think Chris Buescher has a chance. I just don't want to commit to that because I know they're experimenting. So I want to see mm-hmm. their practice times and see what happens. Um, because his practice times for Darlington were bad. But I kind of wrote it off as like the same thing with Harvick, like, uh, whatever. And then when Stevie, the next day said like, well, they're experimenting. I was like, okay, this actually could be just a real thing that they're just bad because uh, they're trying shit out. So I want to see their practice times with Busher before I commit to betting him. Here's an interesting bet that Caesars has. Uh, Chevy versus Toyota, and Toyota's even money. I guess just because there's so many more Chevys, but... Chevy's minus 130, and Toyota's even money. I think I would have to favor Toyota there. I don't think yeah. you... 
I don't see how you can't. I mean, every track we're talking about, whether it's Michigan or Pocono or Vegas one or Kansas one or Charlotte even kind of just favors the Toyotas. Maybe, maybe, maybe Charlotte was break even between them, but like early in the race, it was Bubba Wallace and, and, and Kyle Busch and Daniel Suarez. And then middle of the race, it was Ross Chastain. And then, you know, Hamlin ended up winning, but like, I think you got to give the nod to Toyota there. So I think that's a very interesting one. Yeah, that that just especially recently with the with the recent speed. Mm-hmm. That's a that's yeah. something to definitely consider. Um, and like you said, Chevy definitely has more drivers, but yeah, they do. But all you know, Toyota's really good at that first Kansas. But I still come back to Byron and Reddick were running so well when they had their t- each had their tire issues. Um, so we definitely can't forget that. And Larson was in contention for that win there late. He was just as fast essentially as Kyle and Kurt Busch in late in the race there. Just Kurt had the track position and had the better restarts of the three of them. Yeah. Larson, uh, Kurt Busch is one of the most incredible restarters of all time, by the way. Um, if you look back at like restart data, I know David Smith, um, who used to, have motorsports analytics. I don't know if that's still a thing because I know he's like working for RFK racing now. Um, but uh, I know he used to keep track of, of uh, um, restart stuff. Yes. Motorsportsanalytics.com. I don't know if it's currently updated this year because I haven't checked it out in forever, but Kurt Busch perennially, perennially or annually, I'm not an English major, whatever that word is <laughs> would, um, be on top of the restart statistics. And so, yeah, that's just one thing I always remember, like in races where there could be a lot of restarts or a lot of cautions. Uh, I do tend to look at restart statistics. Now I don't necessarily think that applies to Kansas, but it did first Kansas race. And unfortunately, Kurt Busch is uh, not running this race. Probably. I mean, we don't know, but I would assume not. Yeah. I, like I said, I'd be surprised if he races again this week um, or this year. I think yeah. he's going to retire. But, uh, but yeah, Kansas, I think we know what we're looking at, who should be fast. Uh, when is the race? Is it a 3 o'clock race this week? Yeah, 3 p.m., Kansas, and then we'll go off to Saturday night at Bristol. Uh, who's your pick to win this weekend? Yeah, so, well, first of all, we should say my pick to win last weekend was Kyle Busch. And, and you wanted to rescind that one. I did want to rescind it. But, I mean, <laughs> once we make the pick, we make the pick, right? Uh, so That's true. You know, I think my rescinding was was actually probably I, I didn't rescind it because I wanted. You know, I mean, it's the official pick on the podcast, but uh, I think the rescinding was the bad move there. My pick actually ended up being a good pick because you know he was leading when he had his problem. Technically, he was leading when he had his problem. Um, but uh, so I feel like my pick's been pretty good. Who did you pick last week, by the way? I knew you were going to ask that. I don't remember. Oh well, I thought you. Ca- I thought you were keeping track of this shit. <laughs> I need to. I I will this week. I promise. I'll go back through all the episodes and and keep track. You heard it here. It's a promise. All right. So we're in Kansas, and I'm just gonna fucking go with William Byron because why the hell not? I mean, they're showing the speed now. They they're they're back. You know, the little smirk from Byron for Darlington. He ran well at Darlington which traditionally isn't like a great track for him um, was 
dominant in, you know, or at least leading in the last two Kansas races when he had problems. I'm just going to go William Byron. I've already bet him. In addition to the bet, I just think he has a very good chance to win. So William Byron is my pick to win at Kansas. I don't mind that. I can definitely see it happening. I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the Byron train. I'm going to... My first thought was to be a little different and and go um go with Logano. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go <sighs> which Toyota? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just take Toyota as a whole? All um, right. Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott. That's that's interesting because he's not the one I would pick of the Chevys. I think he somehow gets it done. He's also really good at Kansas. Like, oh yeah, no, he's oh. definitely good at Kansas. He um in the first race finished uh, third in stage one and fifth in stage two. Before he had some kind of issue. I forget what it was. I'm pretty sure he had a tire go down because I know I lost in DFS that day, and I know I was heavy on him and someone else. I think Bowman. Yeah. Actually, he was running ahead of Reddick and Byron at the end of stage one. Um, yeah. No, I'm pull, I, I like up, that. I'm pulling up iFantasy Race real quick to figure out what happened. Yeah. Um, I will stall with you in the meantime because um, – you're. Your DM on uh, Monday cracked me up. Or was it Monday or <laughs> Monday or Sunday? You're like, yeah. I fancy race is tweeting. The last time we were at Kansas, this happened, and then I'm tweeting, I'm hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love Ryan for my fantasy race, and he works his tail off. But it was, it was just like I woke up, you know, the day after the race, and I was scrolling Twitter, and it was like, it was almost in like back to back tweets. It wasn't perfectly back to back, but it was like in six of the last eight races at this and. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean in a very good way because Ryan is an incredibly diligent worker, a really nice person, and provides great information. But there's a very big contrast between him and you. Uh, and <laughs> you were just like, I'm hungover. And I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, shout-outs to Ryan for my fantasy race. Uh, I fantasy race, yeah. I almost said I fantasy racing, which confuses fan racing online. Um, because he's he's a valuable, huge source of information in this community, um, and and definitely provides us with with great stuff. So, have you had a have I stalled enough there for you to yeah, look up yeah, your yeah. thing? Yeah, uh, Chase Elliott lost a tire and spun on mm. lap one ninety five. He was running in sixth at the time. Running in sixth, yeah. And I'm and I'm looking at the Chevys from uh, the first Kansas race. And stage one was Chastain, Elliott, Reddick, Byron, all nose to tail. Stage two was Elliott, Larson, Chastain, uh, all nose to tail uh, in the points. Um, Eric Jones finished eighth in stage one, and Bowman finished 10th in stage one as well for Chevy. So just a couple things to note there. But, um, you know, certainly it seemed like the Kansas – or the Kansas. the uh, At the first Kansas race, it seemed like the Toyota and Chevy show. Uh, I know Blaney was – I feel like Blaney was kind of just hanging out up there because he had like track position and stuff. Um, but I don't think they were particularly fast, the Fords in general. 
He was actually my first one that I thought about betting this week, but now I'm definitely on. I'm on the Byron Bowman a lot more. Yeah, I mean it's it's and maybe even I might even sprinkle some on Chase because I think he's at what nine. If he's at nine, that's pretty interesting because this is a really good track for him. He's at eight. Let's see what he close. opens on Fanduel. If he opens like at nine on Fanduel, I might I might hit it. And I still might hit that eight. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm looking. Truex, you can no longer find at 10. Uh, I think there was a 10 out there earlier this week somewhere. Might have been Caesars. Um, but he's down to eight at Caesars, and he's longest is nine anywhere. Um, I did like him at 10. I don't like him at nine. I think it's like break even at nine. Where are you seeing nine? Because I'm seeing eight. Uh, at MGM. Oh, that's not even showing on mine right now. Oh, interesting. I'm seeing it on – I'm not on the BetMGM app or, or website right now. I'm just using the Action Network conglomerate. <laughs> that's what I'm using too. <laughs> Weird. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm surprised. I think we I think we run into this every week. Might be different like with a state you're in or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing Truex at 9 at BetMGM um, on Action Network. And then, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't bet that. But, like, I've considered some other drivers. I will consider Chase Elliott at nine as well, I think. Um, you know, I considered Blaney at 16 for sure. But I, I, I don't know if I'm there. But I just think Byron at 20 is the one that's, like, I'm I'm on that. I'm on that. So, so Chase, is, Chase is at nine on BetMGM. Yeah. For, for me. Yeah, I see nine for Chase at BetMGM, which okay. is, I think, maybe bettable. I think that's bettable. I, I haven't I like again. That. I have not. I have full disclosure. I have not run numbers yet, um, because of NFL stuff. The the last thing I will do this week is Friday, uh, after we get through Thursday night football, I will be doing all my NASCAR stuff on Friday. We're at that point of the season, which is. Not a decision I want to make. It's not. I mean, Action Network doesn't care either. But I know my job priorities. They let me do whatever I want. But I know my job priorities are NFL first, everything else second at this point in the year. Yeah, yeah, has to be. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm 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 cool with that. I mean, they hired me to be a predictive analyst for sports betting, so I'm a predictive analyst for sports betting. That includes all sports. I did. Uh, you know. I did March Madness. Um, we did <clears throat> Major League Baseball. We I helped revise the K prop model. So all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's my job. I'm a predictive analyst, and you know, I'm it. it all my information's free. Uh, you know, it, it, the Action Network is paying me as a full time employee, so it's not like you're subscribing to things. Now, obviously, there's people who subscribe to the Fantasy Labs. DFS projections, but they're getting all the sports as well and, uh, you know, getting access to optimizers and all that stuff. That's separate. Um, but yeah, my priority right now is NFL. So I'm probably not going to be able to answer NASCAR questions to the detail that I want to uh, throughout the rest of the season, I would say. Maybe, maybe championship week, you know, as NFL starts, like we get in the groove of several weeks of NFL. We're already halfway through the season. I've kind of got my groove there. And then we're at like a really important championship race 
feel like we probably can focus there on on NASCAR again, but we'll see. We'll just see as the time comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Good luck at Kansas. Hopefully, it's not as wild as as Darlington was, but maybe maybe it'll be a good thing if it is. So. After that, we got one more race, and then we're going to cut the playoff field down to 12, ending round one at Bristol. So good luck. Bet William Byron, bet Alex Bowman, and bet Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for a top 10. That's our advice. Oh, and, and do that million-dollar parlay. Oh, by the way, random <laughs> fantasy picks. Um, we have another Oh, yeah. We have, we have another I need, to, I need to actually do mine. I think I got Cole Custer as my random fantasy pick. Uh, and make sure you go off of my link. Because I need those points. Oh, I did mine. I got Truex. Ooh, nice. I don't hate that. I, I know he's going to be motivated this week. Um, yeah, I have Cole Custer. You have Martin Truex Jr. And in the Influencer Cup standings, I am ninth. ninth. Let's go. So I think I have a decent gap to 10th, like 22 points. Yeah, 22 points 10th and... 25 points to 11th. So the goal is to at least stay in the top 10. But if you listen to this podcast, make sure to just like in the Twitter search bar, just search like Rotodoc random fantasy, you know, uh, and it'll take you to my, and then just go to like latest tweets and it'll take you to my, um, my thing, or just do like the hashtag doc blocked. Cause I always quote tweet it and then go to my link from that and click on that and you can play random fantasy. You'll have driver to root for, uh, or to curse. And then also I will get more points in the random or in the influencer cup standings. Uh, we need back to back top 10 finishes in the standings. Uh, as we've talked about so many times this year, last year I was top 10. I was actually sixth or something like that in, you know, worst randomness. (laughs) I'm only 177 points behind you in the influencer cup. Only. Nice. <laughs> you got exactly 100. Yep. Nice. I can't believe I have that many. Guys, why are you freaking clicking on Jordan's random fantasy? <laughs> Click on mine. Y'all are assholes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of like big names, like Twitter names up uh, in here. I mean, I have no idea who this wind vow person is, but after that, I've seen Kenseth Fan, Bar Visuals, Lost Schemes. I've not seen Reddick Results 8 on Twitter or Ed Soundhead. But Orange Cone, Seth Eggert, myself, uh, 11th place, Ryan Eversley, um, 14th place, Cassie, 15th place, Joe, uh, 16th place is Xfinity Racing, Phil and Espanol is 19th, Mern and 21st, Racing Underdogs, 22nd, NRE Productions, who makes some of the worst tweets of all time, is in 23rd, um, Lefty Designs in 24th, NASCAR and Reddit in 26th, and some guy named Fan Racing Online in 30th. It's a lot of a lot of big names there who have a uh, hundred or more influencer points that I know. Yeah, of. that that guy in uh, that guy in first, I think, is a uh, is a uh, what's it called? I racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not too into the I racing world outside of a couple people, but um, it makes sense. It's a big thing. I can't say I've ever really watched it. I've watched a few races. Um, I've been watching the Monday Night Series, but that's about it. Uh, but prior I, to that, I, watched I, was, it. I barely watched anything. I watched it when they broadcasted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On uh, TV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. 
But anyway, just wanted to, you know, go over our random fantasy picks because I just thought about it before you were signing off. Yep. I'm still mad that I missed last week. But hey, the guy that's in third overall in random fantasy is has he also missed a week. And he's still in third. Wow. That's that's crazy. Huh. Yeah, that burn person who was uh I think you know, pretty close to the top ten in influencer cup is ninth overall. I noticed that as well. Where where are we? All right, I'm I'm two hundred and fourteen, which is actually pretty good. I've I've had who a really good run. Who's I've that Mern really guy? Run. I don't know who they are, but I see them on Twitter a lot. Um I have them blocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. I don't, I've never seen anything where I'm like, fuck this guy. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder if it was one of those. Like, I had you blocked one time. I, I think I get fat fingers sometimes. Oh, you definitely. Yeah, but I pointed it out because like, we were like talking that day and it just happened. And I know on my computer I've blocked people without realizing it because like for some reason I think I'm focused on the chat box and it's not. And so you can like as I'm typing, you can hit like. M for mute or something and B for block. So if I'm like typing a sentence, I'll randomly like mute people, uh, block people. I've done it to PJ so many times. I've muted that guy like 15 times probably. Um, <laughs> probably, probably a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> but uh, now I've had a good run on random fantasy. Um, last four races, I finished ninth, 27th, which is my favorite number. So I'll, I'll be okay with that one. Um, and it was, you know, Corey LaJoy at Watkins Glen. Uh, and then eighth and third. So three top tens in my last four races. Wow. But I still blocked Doc. Blocked Doc. Doc blocked Martin Truex Jr. at Daytona. Despite the fact that he finished eighth, he missed the playoffs. So I still Doc That's blocked true. Martin Truex Jr. I'll give you that. Yep. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us. Talk to you guys next week when we go to Bristol. And then. After Bristol, we'll do we'll be doing a live or some kind of stacking days because I'll be in, in Vegas as well. Oh yeah, we'll That'll figure it fun. out. Be we'll fun. Have, yeah, so we'll have to figure that out. Maybe live from uh, like Circa or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Message them, see if they can like sponsor an episode and set us up. Set us there up. You with go. A... My favorite NASCAR sports book. <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure something out. But yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Stay tuned for that one. Yep. We might get drunk. <laughs> we'll get drunk. <laughs> As I choke on my beer right now. It's a perfect way to end the show. Right. See you guys. Uh-huh.